This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 23rd, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. There are clear lessons in the fight over Sony's early decision not to release the stoner comedy The Interview. It shows that speech, even in the United States, may be subject to the whims of people who threaten retaliation. Journalist Mary Catherine Hamm, author of a forthcoming book on free speech and self-censorship, says if we can't stand up for stoner comedies, what's next? So this week, the United States of America, Sony Pictures, five major theater companies, uh, came together in a great act of cowardice to decline to show the interview a Seth Rogen and James Franco vehicle objected to by the head of the North Korean state. So now there's an American comedy, an American stoner comedy, one of our greatest exports that will not be in theaters because Kim Jong-un has an issue with it. And this makes me angry. Sony's response to this, if you're looking at it from a purely business perspective, someone has a whole lot of emails that would potentially be very embarrassing. And uh, from a purely monetary perspective, can you at least understand that they're, they're concerned about both liability, that they're concerned about uh, the revelations that may be contained? Yes. I think we are a country that increasingly is run by lawyers and wimps. And I get that there is a financial issue and an insurance issue with hosting a film like this when there are threats. I also think that it is sometimes the duty of American companies and folks in America to stand up for free speech even when there is danger and even when there is liability and to work with something like Homeland Security to figure out if those threats are real uh, and to hire people to work on that uh, because the free speech issue is pretty big. I think there's another speech issue as well, which is George Clooney spoke to this when he put together a petition for Hollywood that no one would sign to back Sony in releasing this film. Why wouldn't they sign it? Well, because the Sony emails that had been released had embarrassed some of the Sony executives with their ill-advised Obama jokes. And so everyone in Hollywood would, well, I don't want to be aligned with the guys who made ill-advised Obama jokes. I'm not that guy. That's another form of self-censorship allowing for the larger form of self-censorship. Those guys were so scared to even be near the people who had those emails released that they were unwilling to sign on to this petition for free speech, which is frightening to me. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's weird because this is not a state actor, uh, at least within the United States, suppressing speech. This is a foreign entity. We are led to believe strongly right. uh, that is essentially cowing a private group uh, into submission effectively. Yeah. And the thing about censorship is that you don't need the government to do it if you're willing to do it yourself. And I think what sort of depressed me about this incident, which is why I started a petition of my own on change.org to have Sony release it, uh, is that I thought this was an easy win for us. On the financial side, I thought Sony would go, <laughs> thank you for all this awesome free press. This is the movie the dictator doesn't want you to see. Americans would go, ah, a stoner comedy that a dictator doesn't want me to see. I'm in. We'd all have a great Christmas day. They'd make a bunch of money, and we'd move on. So the cave-in actually surprised me. Uh, and I thought, you know, there's many things that Americans don't stand up for, but stupid comedies, I figured, was in most people's wheelhouse. You would think. Like, we're not all versed in 
foreign policy and maybe don't notice how appeasements on a world stage might affect us. But surely we understand the precedent set by telling Seth Rogen and James Franco they can't release a film because a crazy dictator disagrees with it. All right. So uh, you've started a petition. What are, what is the what are the basic uh, requests that you are making there? It just says Sony, please release this thing so that we don't set this horrible precedent for the future. Where, I mean, you've already got production shutting down. Steve Carell had uh, something that was going to be based on North Korean based in North Korea called Pyongyang that's been shut down because they're skittish about another North Korea film. So there's that project. There's other projects that we won't even know about that we'll be deprived of because of this chilling of free speech. So I just said, Sony, hey, you made the wrong move. President Obama and I are on the same side on this. You made the wrong move. Let's reverse it. I swear I'll watch it wherever it is. Uh, We Americans get a kick out of ticking off dictators. So Let's make it happen. There was uh, a, a few calls, at least uh, among Twitter folks, to for to have the U.S. government purchase the film and then release it into the public domain. I think that's probably more appropriate for uh, Kickstarter uh, yes. to, to buy the film and then release it. Yeah, we we can we can manage that. Uh, the one thing I do think, and I'm not somebody who thinks that the federal government needs to speak up on every single issue all the time. This is an issue when there were actual threats uh, from a foreign entity that I felt like, hey, the American government should say, Sony, we got your back on this. We want to help to protect this kind of thing. And uh, I didn't feel like there was a ton of readiness to deal with that situation. And I think, in general, with the the federal government, there may be a, a lack of awareness or plan for dealing with cyber warfare in the future of this kind. Now, this the Sony hack, uh, as it's come to be known, has uh, is really just the latest in a recent, but it seems very long history of self-censorship. Cato Institute recently posted, uh, Cato Institute recently published The Tyranny of Silence by Fleming Rose and his experience in a, a Danish newspaper having published cartoons, cartoon depictions of the prophet Muhammad. They went ahead with it and endured uh, a violent reaction around the world. Now, that this is not quite to that level but which is why it should be easier to stand up <laughs> right and but you know this is a in the case of Fleming Rose this was a we'll say radical uh, branch of a religion yes. threatening over uh, the publication of some commentary a cartoon poking fun uh, South Park has also faced a very similar uh, problem internally in, in within their own company but in North Korea, the religion is that family. And right. so it really is a, a very, there are close parallels here. Well, and some of the commentary in the wake of each of these things, obviously, uh, Mr. Rose's situation being more drastic than this one and, and more dangerous, there's always depressing commentary from many Americans in, in the wake that says, well, we should just shouldn't offend people and shame on you for having offended them. Uh, that is a horrible standard for speech, and yet it is one that's creeping into universities, uh, that's creeping into daily life, and it's uh, it's chilling of free speech. It ends up making all of us sort of act like political candidates, couching everything exactly right because you don't want to lose your job because of some errant tweet. Uh, so I think that's really problematic, and I think one of the things that bothers me about the Sony thing is Hollywood, who's, that's constantly patting itself on the back for its moral courage because it stood up to the Bush administration. Congratulations. Uh, half the country's been doing that for 10 years with no consequence. Uh, but when it came time where you really could take a stand, they all just folded 
like crazy. Where there are potential costs. Yes, where there are actual costs involved. Uh, so they all folded, and I found that I found that discouraging and depressing for the future. Cards Against Humanity. Oh yeah. Recently uh. Uh, tossed out a card, yes. and it's this is a game that is patently offensive. That's the point of it. And that's the fun of the game. But I believe they threw out a card that said a passable transvestite, which they I did. believe was like an answer, a potential answer to one of their uh, questions. And it seems like if anybody's going to take a stand to say, look, we're just going to offend everybody, um, it would be those guys. Right. And the, the point of the game is to be equal opportunity offensive. That's the entire reason it was created. Uh, I have enjoyed Cards Against Humanity because it sort of does get this cultural pass, and you can have some fun with it, and people do get out of their daily self-censorship and can and can just engage in this, probably after a couple drinks most of the time, and it's good fun. The problem is once Cards Against Humanity takes one card out and admits, yes, our game about offending people probably shouldn't offend certain people, then everyone can make a complaint, and everyone will start making a complaint. And I think the irony, that of course started with a, a viral Tumblr post, and someone burned the card dramatically. Uh, the irony is that Cards Against Humanity offends everyone by saying you'd wish not to be offended by them. You are removing yourself from humanity. We're all in this together, man. Even passable transvestites. So let's just have fun playing the game. And we're not allowed to do that anymore. I do think uh, it is hilarious, well, darkly funny, much like South Park, that the guys who have built their career making fart jokes with paper dolls, essentially, may be the bravest artist in this country. They have represented Muhammad. Uh, Netflix and other streaming services have declined to show that. Comedy Central declined to show it. Uh, they go all in. And they do it, you know, once again, equal opportunity offense. And that's how it should be. And all these other guys who pat themselves on the back of the Oscars every year should, uh, should be ashamed that the fart joke guys are taking them over. I'm glad they're showing the way. Was there this kind of problem when Team America World Police came out? Because what, one of the things that I loved about that movie in particular was that you are taking on somebody who does pose a real threat to particularly South Korea uh, and uh, other countries around the world. But for some reason, I, I don't recall anything uh, to, this, to this level of uh, offense taken and cowing that had occurred. Yeah, I don't remember it being an issue. I think to an extent the creators of South Park uh, – much like Cards Against Humanity, because they go all in, because they're going to offend everyone, everyone goes, oh, well, that's that thing that they do. Uh, and that's it's really powerful that we have those people who can do that, which is why Cards Against Humanity backing off is discouraging. Um, but I don't remember this being an issue. And I do think that the increasing self-censorship and overt censorship, frankly, on college campuses might have something to do with it, that the generation coming up has learned so thoroughly uh, that they are entitled to not be offended by anything, that they're more willing to let this kind of stuff go or even fight against the release of something they find offensive, uh, which is sort of shocking, especially for young people. You see this uh, on college campuses all the time. At Wellesley, they had a, a statue 
a piece of art, modern art. It was a very human-looking man in some tidy whities <laughs> sleepwalking through the courtyard at the, the quad at the university. And I believe there was a giant protest because the figure of that man could be triggering to women on campus who might have experienced sexual assault. So you literally had liberal groups on campus fighting against a piece of modern art on campus. That's where we are, and it happens all the time. Mary Catherine Hamm is a journalist in Washington, D.C. You can read more on the dangers of self-censorship in the new Cato book by Fleming Rose, The Tyranny of Silence, available for sale at cato.org.